now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Addie Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett. And a very warm welcome to Shout Out. <laughs> I already said that, didn't I? So, Where was uh, the spell t- check? Today, the uh, Lydia Cook joins us live uh, to talk about their summer festival as the Old, Brick th- uh, Old Vic <laughs> Theatre School put on their show at the wardrobe. It's, it's OK, we'll cut all that out. <laughs> and talking of Bristol Old Vic, I talked to Moshe Sola Adebayo about their show Stars and Afrofuturistic Space Odyssey. All today on Shout Out. Right, can anyone tell I'm a little bit tired today? Oh, <laughs> is, 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 is it showing? Who's, who's I think your tongue fell over, didn't it? It did, yeah. Well, I was going to say, whose teeth need putting back in the correct order? Are you offering? So, if you, if you're I didn't know Andy had false teeth. I don't. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't think any of us do, do we? I think we're all. We all have our natural. I've lost a few teeth. over the years, but I don't have any false teeth. No, no me neither. Uh, okay, well, that's a cheery start. Well, that's yeah, start, isn't that's it? interesting <laughs> yeah. start. Yes, that okay. was not quite how I found it. Okay. <laughs> Just to point out to the listeners that. Hello, Andy. How are you? <laughs> yes. How's your teeth? <laughs> How's your teeth this week? <laughs> Oh, oh well. dear. So, no, in, in my defence, I've had a very good management training um, um, session going on at, we, at work Ooh. this week, last, last three days, but it's been a very intense um, yeah. um, three days. Um, so, so if, if, I, if, I, if I'm a little bit shattered, I do apologise. That's what we're going to be in at Bristol Pride, isn't it? What do you mean? Intense. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very droll. I like it. So, um, and we, we should actually say as well, because a lot of people have been asking us, Western Pride is still going ahead, but it's been delayed. Um, it's not going to happen um, in its usual July slot. It's now moving to the end of September. It's going to be 31st September, 1st of October. Mm. And it is moving back to, because the, the, they were going to move it out and into uh, the fields, and there's been rumours about it being on the, um, seafront it's actually going to be in the park it's always in and has been in for the last few years so oh, it's going back nice. to its roots that's yeah. nice so yeah so because we've been reaching out to them for a while and we know, we've had a lot of people contacting us asking us about it is it happening yeah. isn't it so um, yeah we're pleased to say it is mm. still happening and it's still uh, going to be part of UK Pride so UK Pride yes. are actually going to put their date of the UK Pride back yeah. in line with WSM yeah, yeah. and um, we're, we're working on the logistics of it but Shamtat is intending to be there um, so hopefully we'll be there broadcasting too we've got a few things we've got to see if we can sort out beforehand because mm. we only found out today the date so yes. um, have yeah. we got to buy new buckets and spades or can we use the ones we had last year just use your teeth if you like apparently okay <laughs> I was, uh, well I was going to say don't forget your parasol because you might be wanting well, it'll to well it'll be end of September so it's not oh, going to be like be nice. it is in, in July no, it'll be a lot still be cooler nice. um, but it has been we have had like you know Indian warm summers times yeah, that, that time yeah, of year. Had, uh, very yeah. warm. I mean, if it, if it ever warms up, it's still freezing, isn't it? At the moment, so it's, it's cool nice for the today. time of year. Yeah. I think, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So. Right, what's happening now then, Mr. Shilton? I know um, you're tired. Afrofuturist so. Space Ooh. Odyssey. Do you want to tell right. us about this? Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, this. Well, is is all included in the package. Oh, right. <laughs> you have a nap. Okay. <laughs> right.
This is a weird one. If you can get your head around being a council flat in South London and then all of a sudden shooting to the stars, that's the premise and background of this story called Stars, an Afrofuturist space odyssey. Now, this has been written by Solo Adebayo, and I have Solo with me. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. I'm delighted to be speaking with you, Steffi. Good. And um, we are with you as well. Now, let's go back um, to when you were a kid. And obviously, you where you are, you've written this. When you were a kid, did you ever, were you theatrical? Did you like getting into plays? Were you always encouraged to write? I used to love to um, dress up. That was always sort of the, the secret life. And uh, I think that, yeah, it's pretty common for, for queer children, I suppose. Um, the kind of playing of different roles and playing with gender and that kind of thing. Um, but in terms of performing for others, it was, it was the one thing that would stop my parents fighting would be my display of accents. Um, so <laughs> I think, uh, I used to keep the peace a little bit with, um, with all of my different voices and characters. And maybe that comes out through stars in some way because the, the lead character, Deborah Michaels plays about 15 different characters and loads Ooh. of different accents. Yeah. It's really quite a virtuosic performance. So um, have you, have you always yeah. been good at accents? Um, I, I, I'm now I'm really hesitant because I don't, <laughs> I don't I'm not going to gonna ask you. I don't be tested on that. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I was always kind of. I suppose tuning into different voices and maybe trying to make sense of my world a little bit. I was um, also fostered and grew up in a, and also my own birth family is very culturally diverse as well. So I think I was trying to make sense of being Nigerian, Danish, Southeast London. Um, I was trying to make sense of all of that by imitating, I think. So yeah, yeah. perhaps, perhaps there's some of that still in me. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that a lot of brits have got great heritage behind them from all over mm. the world because you think 100 200 years ago what the east end of london was like it was just a mm. mishmash of people from all over the planet just getting their heads down all working and then spreading out but those those accents you're right when you think how small this island is and how many accents mm. there are you only have to go up the street and the accent changes doesn't it <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah all of these these islands, Britain and Ireland, it's always amazing. I lived in Ireland for about seven years and it was yeah, really also nice. really like that from one side of Dublin to the other. The accent was completely different. So yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. And it's such, such a relatively small city. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very strange that um, maybe it's just the, the sceptered isles that are like that. Cause yeah. <laughs> although I've been told the US is quite like that with different accents as you, as you go across the country. But I think. This country is pretty unique in how it changes so quickly from city to city. Yeah, no, I think it's amazing. Now, where did you um, originally um, grow up? So, because it says South London, where this this person actually wants to go to into space. So, are you from London originally? Uh, yeah, I was born and raised in London and in southeast London. And, um, yeah, it's, it's funny, even though it's such a big city that how, how dis, whether you're from southeast or northwest is always really important or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm from and where the play is set. Okay. Now let's concentrate a bit on the play, shall we? Um, yeah. tell me a bit about stars. 
Yes, Stars is the story of a very old woman who goes into space in search of her own orgasm because she's never had one. And after 60 years of a very unhappy marriage um, to a man, she decides um, that she, yeah, she wants a kind of out of body experience. She wants to break out of the walls of her council flat. And she sees an advert in the newspaper for something called Spexit. So a few years after Brexit, project Spexit, space exit. And she thinks this is a fantastic idea, the opportunity to, to, to do some space travel. So, so, so this kind of seed has been planted in her mind and through the play, she's reflecting on her life, but she also has these three different encounters. And these three different encounters with three different people spark her imagination, spark her thinking about her own body, her own pleasure, um, how she is denied all of her pleasure all of her life. And yeah, they inspire her to, to seek out, seek out her own pleasure, but also in space and how that connection comes is that she, she gets it into her head that that's not, must be where all the orgasms go. Cause people say things like, I saw stars and the earth moved and things like that. So somehow these things all get mixed up in her mind. And so she, she, she gets it into her head that that's, that's must be where all the orgasms go. So mm. she's on a quest. What made you go with an older character? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I was, I, I, I wrote the, I wrote the play while I was on a residency, an artist residency in, on a, on a canal boat in Lancashire with, with an organization called Idle Women. And they invited me to just lay back on this boat three months and write whatever I wanted to write. And, um, I, I had thought for a long time that I wanted to write about about pleasure and about the body, but also about orgasm and anorgasmia, about the inability to orgasm and about the difficulties that so many of us face with achieving the fullness of, of pleasure in our bodies and how complicated and complex and that can be and how, how difficult to talk about that can be for lots and lots of different people. And I thought, okay, well, here I am on this boat. I've got an opportunity to just sort of float back and feel free and write about whatever I want to. But I thought, well, it's far too personal to, to write this character um, sort of close to myself, too close to myself. So that's why I decided to make the character much older than myself. Although she's not that much older, actually. She's about 30 years older than me. I'm in my early 50s now. Um, um, but you know, to make her much older than me and also to send her into space to give myself a kind of emotional distance from it, both sort of geographically and in age terms. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad I did because there's something about an older person that somehow like we very, very rarely get to hear the voices of older people and older people in relation to sex and sexuality. So I'm really, really glad we went with that choice. Mm. We had a couple of weeks ago um, somebody who'd wrote a play called As in Flow, and that was about an elderly lesbian couple. Mm. Um, and we mentioned then about how um, younger generation uh, seemed to shy away from watching older people kiss or mm. be very affectionate. 
Um, and we surmise maybe that's like a parental thing where, you know, younger people don't want to see older people because it reminds them of their mum and dad, <laughs> you know, or yeah. mum or dad and dad, you know, getting yeah. it on. And um, maybe that's why people sort of bulk a little bit about age. But it's really lovely to see that you brought somebody elderly that are living a life and trying to find a way forward. Absolutely. No, thank you for that reflection. And I, I think I think that you're probably right in that there's something, you know, about that sort of taboo of, of thinking about one's parents or one's grandparents or kind of generation, even though we, you know, we come from their their sexual activity, whatever it was, some of us. And I don't know, it's it's a it's a strange taboo somehow, older people's sexuality. But I think as our communities in terms of queer communities are maturing, you know, in terms of um, outness, um, ageing, I think that it's really good time to be thinking about older people's sexuality. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to explore, I think. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of, I also sort of tired of the idea of us being sort of new and young and cool and, and I think those are things that also often associate with, with black people as well that somehow we're always always kind of perceived as kind of young um but I think no what about what about the space for for kind of older characters mm. and I I totally think that younger people can totally enjoy a story through an older character and actually that's, that's really inspiring to know that there's a possibility for us as queer people in older in older our older lives you know Mm. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Now, how many people actually uh, take part in in the play? Is it a cast of thousands, or do that? I you alluded to people playing multiple parts. Yeah. So one person, Deborah Michaels, plays about fifteen different characters. <laughs> so for no other reason, it's just to come and see her do that extraordinary acting. Feet. I mean, she switches characters in the middle of a sentence sometimes. It's amazing. Yeah. And then there's her um, son, who is a DJ, who DJs all the way through the show. Um, so he main so he does a little bit of acting in the show, but he mainly is playing music all the way through the show. So it feels like the connection somehow between a play and a club night. Mm. And, um, the music never really stops, and the idea is that. The, the kind of feeling of the music gives us that feeling of euphoria um, and, and start to think about pleasure and that kind of thing. And, and on some nights, the show transforms into a club night and people get up and dance at the end oh, of it. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it's is really that, good. Is that um, DJ actually playing a live set each evening? Yeah. So it's not like a yeah. record that they're just pretending to to play on the deck. So, wow. That's... Yeah, he plays a live set uh, yeah, every night. So it could the mixes ch can change a little bit and the mix yeah. is put together by a DJ called Debo and the, and the DJ playing the music is Bradley Charles, who's also an actor and a dancer. So it's a beautiful kind of um, um, dance, if you like, between music, music and acting during, during the whole show. Mm. Right. Give me some dates because we're fast running out of time. Sure, so, yeah. You're up next um, across the country and um, how people can get tickets. And, of course, importantly, how they follow you on social media to catch whatever you're coming up with next. Yeah, crucial question. So we are in 
at Contact Theatre in Manchester um, nights to the 11th of May, but coming up very swiftly to Bristol, Old Vic from the 23rd to the 27th of May. And then we head over to Birmingham in early June and Newcastle later on in June, 19th to the 20th of June. And then we finish up at Liverpool Everyman, 22nd to the 24th of June. So we're, yeah, all over the, all over. Yeah, you're getting around. We're getting around. Yeah, absolutely. And for those who, just in terms of the content of the play, although it's, um, it's about an older woman in, in her quest, those encounters that she has, some of those, the other really big characters are through those encounters. So it's the first time there's been representation of an intersex character, a black intersex character on stage in Britain and touring all around the country. And that's the longest scene in the play, actually. Is, and it really speaks to intersex human rights. And that's also what gets, gets Mrs. thinking about her own body and her own bodily integrity and her own right to pleasure and her own rights to her own body and and there's also a memory the whole scene in there of a, a memory with of an encounter with a would-be lesbian lover in a laundrette um, so that yeah so for those who are kind of thinking yeah older people's sexuality that's okay but you know what about the other kinds of aspects of sexuality there's yeah there's a lot more in there as well mm. Can people get tickets from those uh, specific theatres that you're in, or do do they go to one particular website? Um, and you know, is it just one website that's got tickets? You can get tickets from all of those theatres: Bristol Old Vic, the Old Rep Theatre, Newcastle, um, Northern Stage, and um, Liverpool Everyman. But um, the theatre company that's touring the show is called Tamasha T A M A S H A org.uk you can get tickets there as well tamasha.org.uk excellent and future what have you got planned i've got a horror next i'm, I'm, I'm yeah I, I like to challenge myself I'm, I'm 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 totally afraid of horror um but i i kind of feel like i want to make something that makes people have a very, very visceral response, a very physical kind of response. One of the things that's made me most happy about stars is at the end of the show, I've never, in 30 years of making theatre, I've never made a show before where people are literally screaming, yelling, cheering <laughs> the lead character on, literally cheering her on. Something like, I don't know, we're halfway between a club and a football match at sometimes at, at certain yeah, points, yeah. but people are literally cheering her on. And I, and I just love the, the fact that people are having such a physical response. And so I think, yeah, maybe I'll go for a horror next because that's also a kind of very, very immediate response. But let's see. Morsha Sola Adebayo, break a leg. Thank you so much for joining us on Shout Out. Thank you so much, Steffi. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. The lovely uh, Leona Lewis and uh, uh, the late uh, Avicii. Very sadly, passed away oh, back in 2018. Yeah. Amazing artist, that guy. And then that's Clyde. What a banger. Yeah. It, it was an accidental one, I believe. It was one of those ones where um, she just did a mashup on uh, one of the BBC Radio 1 shows. And it was such a hit, they actually made it into a... Uh, they, they got together it took a while to release it but they actually um, you, know, you know they did that thing called the uh, live lounge 
where one artist was singing yeah, another yeah, one's yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that was a mashup that was done. So yeah. that's great. Mind yeah. you, everything he touched turned to gold, didn't it? Uh, Music-wise, yeah, mm. absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very very sad loss. So uh, anyway, should we get some news headlines? Of course. This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 18th of May and we start with commercial news. There is, as we've reported many times, a long-standing relationship between LGBTQ plus liberation movements and body acceptance movements. From Susie Orbach's treatise Fat is a Feminist Issue to the lesbian collectives declaring independence from patriarchal ideas of beauty through to the gay male bear culture of plus-size guys. Some months after blogging about challenging size phobia in the gay community, the popular gay and bi men's underwear and clubwear brand Andrew Christian has launched a range of garments for larger men for the first time. In a press release, the gay-owned company said... We're introducing the greatest underwear line that's about to take the gay community by storm, and it will have lots of vibrant colours and sex appeal. You can view the newly launched collections at andrewchristian.com, but as these are super revealing outfits, the website is best viewed from a non-work computer. The non-binary award-winning singer Sam Smith has been inadvertently pulled into the ongoing and deeply acrimonious debates over whether artists should perform in Israel. Both Pink News and the Jewish Chronicle report this week that whilst technical issues have been cited as a reason for the singer's cancellation of an appearance in the city of Tel Aviv, one of the gayest in the Middle East, pro-Palestinian activists have also been lobbying Sam to abandon the gig, which was to have taken place in late May. Ghadir Shafi, the co-founder of the Palestinian Feminist Centre for Gender and Sexual Freedoms, wrote an open letter to Smith accusing the star of helping prop up the false image of Israel as a modern democratic society. Meanwhile, the Palestinian campaign for the academic and cultural boycott of Israel praised the gig's cancellation on Twitter, saying Palestinians are warmly welcoming of the news that Sam Smith will not be performing in Israel and avoiding pinkwashing its oppression against Palestinians, they said. Although some of its verdicts have been right-wing and reactionary, and despite being packed with Republicans, the United States Supreme Court has handed down a judgment on a case of a transgender woman from Guatemala, allowing her to challenge a bid to deport her. People magazine reports that although the case is legally a technicality, it is significant in some ways, in that every judge, including the most conservative, agreed with the court's ruling, and traditionally right-leaning justices co-signed the official opinion of the court, which uses her proper she-and-her pro to describe a transgender woman who fled Guatemala after being assaulted and persecuted on the basis of her gender identity. The opinion also referred to the petitioner as a non-citizen rather than the more abusive illegal alien. Estrella Santos Zacharia would now have the opportunity to fight the deportation decision. Pink News reports that UN's independent expert on sexual orientation and gender identity, Victor Madrigal Borlas, has published a damning indictment of the UK Equalities and Human Rights Commission, arguing that its capitulation to the right-wing papers and the agenda of Equalities Minister Kemi Badenoch has contributed to a heightened level of hostility towards gay and lesbian people, refugees and asylum seekers, and, above all, towards transgender people. Pink News notes that a coalition of not-for-profit organisations, spearheaded by Stonewall, have written an open letter describing the EHRC as a failed institution. 
Mr Madrigo Borlozzi's report was warmly welcomed by many working in the field of human rights. Amnesty International's UK's chief executive said the rising rhetoric over trans rights in the UK and the real impact it is having on people's lives and our institutions is toxic and needs to be addressed. The first openly gay leader of the Welsh National Party, Plaid Cymru, has stepped down. Adam Price, a member of the Welsh Senate and former Westminster MP, resigned some days after a report which he admitted left the party tarnished. Mr Price said, however, in his leading let- leaving letter, my commitment to our vision of a nation transformed remains as strong as ever. A report had criticised the party leadership over a culture of bullying within the organisation. The BBC notes that clear... Griffith has been appointed as interim leader. Plaid Cymru is often likened to Scotland's SNP. However, this analysis overlooks the fact that Plaid is considerably to the left of the SNP on many issues. <coughs> Excuse me, it is probably best described as pursuing a decentralised vision of a progressive socialism based on traditional communities and with a view of Wales at the heart of a Europe of independent but linked regions. The Guardian notes that despite his personal popularity, Mr Price's Plaid Cymru had failed to break through in South Wales or to increase its representation at Westminster, where it has three seats and has done since the 70s. Plaid Cymru has a lively LGBTQIA plus presence called Plaid Pride. Now, LGBTQIA plus activists have always argued that homophobes and transphobes are nearly always also anti-women, racist and generally full of hatred. Well, in Bristol, Avon and Somerset Constabulary have released pictures of three white men they want to question in respect of an assault on a female couple in the Bedminster and Marksbury Road area of the city. The assault happened in the early hours of the 29th of October last year. Police say that between 3 and 4am, the two victims were verbally abused with homophobic and racial comments from a group of unknown men whilst at a shop on Bedminster Road. They were later kicked unconscious if you can help please call 101 and give the call handler the reference number five quadruple two six three three five six that's five quadruple two six three three five six this information is available on the avon and somerset police web page In brief now, the German broadcaster Deutsche Welle Radio says that across Europe, the island state of Malta leads the way in humanitarian group Ilga Europe's ranking of states according to LGBT plus friendliness. Poland is in last position with a score of just 15% and a government which is largely held to be responsible for fueling right-wing nationalism. On the day of International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia and Transphobia, the Aussie gay magazine DNA says that the observation is needed more than ever. Ida Hobbit, they say, is a crucial event that reminds the global queer community that there's support and solidarity out there, the magazine editorialises. LGBT plus activists have been sending their solidarity to the eco-activist group Extinction Rebellion after the latter managed to gain a presence on a platform being used by Conservative Member of Parliament for North Somerset, Jacobs Rees-Mogg. The rebellion speakers denounced the right wing of the Conservative Party for their attempts to crush protest groups. Mr Rees-Mogg, whose posh pretensions and extremely conservative views have earned him various nicknames including Lord Snooty after the character from the Beano comic, opposed gay law reform, secular values and a woman's bodily autonomy. Mr Rees-Mogg also has links with polluting companies and this has been targeted by ecological campaigners for some time. 
France 24 and Radio France Inter report that the group SOS Homophobie, which for decades has campaigned for safer streets for LGBT plus people in France, says that homophobic attacks increased by 28% last year. SOS Homophobie urged the French government to launch a... <coughs> National Awareness Campaign dedicate more resources to investigating homophobic and transphobic crimes and improve the training of the police. And finally, the BBC reports that the final of last weekend's Eurovision Song Contest was the most watched in the event's history, with a UK audience peaking at around 10 million. Millions more watched worldwide. Claire McColgan, the director of Culture Liverpool, told The Guardian, Eurovision has supersized here. Everything that's brilliant about it, as we are hosting it on behalf of Ukraine, fits with Liverpool. Meanwhile, Pink News reports that the vibrant gay scene of the city has been given a huge psychological and practical boost from the Eurovision Song Contest. For these new stories and many more, you can always check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt as well as your local LGBTQIA plus media. Stay connected. I've been Terry Starr. Shout out news. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Oh, that's going back in time a bit, isn't it? So, Jam and Spoon and Right in the Night. Great name. <laughs> Great name. What, the track? Or the, or, or Jam the and Spoon. Jam and Spoon, yeah. Yeah, 1996, 95, mm. somewhere around there. I played that on the first ever Handbags and High Heels show on Gloss FM. Yeah. Back in the day. First track. No, it wasn't the first track. No. no. Do you remember what your first track was? I don't, actually. No? <laughs> no? I have no idea. I never recorded my shows. Didn't you? No. Yeah. Just played them and moved on. Yeah. Story of my life. Yeah, we did, we did <laughs> record every every shout-out. I mean, we actually, unfortunately, have a, a set missing from a classic thing. Put it in one place on one hard drive, and the hard drive breaks, and you lose oh, it. Oh, so. always the way. Yeah. So, but, but, I mean, if you go on our website now, well, you can go back, oh, God, nearly ten years, I think, on the website, so... That's a lot of listening. It is, yes. Because yeah. each podcast is what forty-five. Yeah, 50 40, minutes between minus forty-five and fifty. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, because we take all the songs out, obviously, yeah. for legal reasons. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, do you want to introduce our guests? Yeah, old Vic. Oh, old that's not that's Vic. not what the name is. I hate <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> Hello, old Vic. Hello, old Vic. Old Vic Theatre School. Yes, is is quite historical and well known in the uh, Bristol and Southwest area. And joined by two directors, Phoebe Camp and Lydia Kirk. Well, very warm welcome. Oh, welcome back in certain cases, isn't it, Lydia? Is oh, it? Although it's yes. been a while. Been been quite some time. It's been a while. I used to do radio with Steffi here. So you did. Lydia is my first radio wife on The Breakfast Show oh, back in the day. I hope I was a good wife to you. You were perfect. <laughs> I miss you so much. I miss you too. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, um, this is kind of weird because it's Bristol Old Vic, but you're doing stuff actually over at the Wardrobe Theatre. Yes. It's all very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Bristol Old Vic and the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School are not the same building, which often confuses oh. taxi drivers. Um, so, make sure you know which one you're going to. 
Yeah, don't shop at Olbeck and try and uh, see our shows because we're not there. Right, now you're are, are you anywhere near it? Is, is, is the school anywhere near the theatre or is it a completely different place? No, it's in Clifton. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a big posh mansion. Oh, it is mm. very fancy. It looks lovely. Yeah. Right next to the Downs, so it's nice. We went there at, like, at the Downs today for lunch, so it was quite nice. Oh, I bet that was nice. nice. Yeah. A lovely, warm, sunny day. Yeah, I, I came through Castle Park on my way here and they're all out enjoying yeah. themselves in the sun. So, oh, yeah. But you, you've got a series of shows coming and yes. it's spanning over a few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, so um, we kick off uh, next Thursday. We start our summer season. Right. So we've got eight shows coming up over four weeks. Um, two a so, night. Yeah, yeah, two a night. Um, yeah. And yeah, me and there's another Lydia called di- um, there's another director called Lydia as well. So we call it like the Lydia season <laughs> section for the first week. Um, so my show is called Holes by Tom Basson. Right. And it starts from the 25th uh, of May, which is next Thursday. How, how long has it been in the planning? <gasps> Gosh. So we've been in rehearsals for, well, I've been in rehearsals for the last four weeks. It's my fourth week of rehearsals. So oh, right. Okay. So it's, yeah. not like, it's not like Amdram where it's like months and months uh, and months. Then. No, no, no. It's just like, let's go. And here's a couple of weeks. Let's do it. Let's put a show on. And there's a lot of fun. There's uh, a lot of energy. And it's just like, oh, there you go. We've got a show. Okay. Let's go in the theatre. <laughs> and it's super intense. You kind of, your sense of time gets really warped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I was talking about lunchtime and I was like, was that yesterday? Was that last week? I don't. I don't remember real time anymore. I only understand play time. <laughs> <laughs> so are these are these shows someone else's written? Is it something that people have seen before or is it something that's unique to, to, to you and the um, um, theatre school? So they're all published plays, right. um, but they're all contemporary, I think. So they've all been since 2010 onwards, yes. I think. Yes. I can't. I don't know all the exact dates, but so mine was first done in 2021, so really recent. I don't know when Holes. Yeah, done. Holes is 2013. I went to the Fringe in oh, 2013. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to. Is that how you found it then? By going to the so it, we had a huge um, list of plays. Um, then we would pick uh, our favourite plays from the list, and then um, the tutor that runs the directing course then selected plays for us. Oh, so, nice. yeah. And I got the play I wanted, so it was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. As other people wanted my play, and I it's got it. It's a very it. good play. It is a good play. <laughs> so there, there, there's, a, there's a whole load of them. Obviously, you, you two, while you know about the others, you, 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 like you said, you haven't fully seen all of those. So I, I won't no. ask you about the whole, whole programme, but give us a kind of idea of what's coming up with yours. Is, is it yours first, Lydia? Yes, so I'm first. So mine's just called Holes by Tom Basson. Right. And it, uh, hmm, it's an a, a apocalyptic comedy about four survivors of a plane crash that was going from London to Sydney. Um, and you'll see how they cope with that. <laughs> so we're going to turn the um, wardrobe theatre into a desert island, deserted desert island, and see how I've done that with wow. my designer, Joy, nice. who's incredible. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is hilarious. So the actors are so funny. Does the truck back up and pour a load of sand into the water? <laughs> well, you're going to have to just come and see, Seth. There might be sand and there might not be. It might be an illusion. Well, I need to know whether I need to take my bucket and spade or not. Well, I, I would bring your bucket and spade with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously we're an LGBT plus show, so has it got that kind of a focus or is it one of the more modern things where it's more incidental so there is a, a line during the show where um one of the characters is a 16 year old girl 
who who's a bit who likes to not wear dresses and uh, one of the other characters says um, uh, excuse me I think that uh, she's a lesbian <laughs> and then another other character says lesbians aren't real they're just being clever so it's a lot of uh, <laughs> jokes about that and uh, I'm, a, I'm a lesbian director directing people how to make fun of lesbians which is an unusual thing okay. and you're a thespian as well I'm a thespian lesbian yes I am <laughs> We're at my, mine is the big gay show right okay. um, we have a big post but you're, on our yours, wall yours is in the same night is it you're, no are you the next night or the next week and the following week so following I'm week. first first to third of June Right. Um, and it's Dorian, which is by Phoebe Claire Powell and Owen Horsley. So it's an adaptation of the picture of Dorian Gray. And it's also about the life of Oscar Wilde. And it's all very um, happens in like a club world. A lot of it. Um, our image on our poster is a disco ball. Um, and it's very it's very gay and it's very chaotic and funny and sexy and violent so do, if you like those ooh. things do you have a disco <laughs> do you have a disco ball we do have we have multiple disco oh, balls right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds a bit like blame gloria if you, oh, you ask me oh yes <laughs> blame gloria <laughs> so club here in bristol for those of you that don't know it's quite quite, quite a new one actually yeah. so so uh, uh, was yours your first choice yes it was because i i jumped at doing a queer play and i'm really lucky i'm non-binary as is my designer and our cast is all queer so we've got this really lovely space in the room we talk a lot about our own experiences we've got a big piece of paper on our wall spent a whole afternoon a bit talking about our own queerness and what that means to us and yeah it's been a really lush time now we know the wardrobe theater quite well but we obviously go out all across the, the country, so as far away as Essex and up, all the way over in Ireland. Give people an idea of what the wardrobe theatre is like, because it's quite a unique space, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. So it's an old market, um, and you is uh, at the back of... Um, old market assembly so mm. you enter the space and the first you see is bar and they do really good pizzas and it's where we have the chef at listeners yeah oh the pizzas <clears throat> and they got live mu- music in that venue yeah. and then if you go around you you enter into this wardrobe theater space where it has like um wooden paneling it's quite a nice um like but people cute. traditionally think of theatre as like you know, yeah. the red fold down seats oh, no. and a curtain that goes up. This isn't like that, oh, is it? It's very it close used to be a nightclub. It, it did. Just, it did. Yeah. And before that, it was a bank. To be fair. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the day, it used to be um, a gay club called yeah. Flamingos. Yeah, um, I was there. I was there yeah. every weekend. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it's had many guys. We, we cover that, but it's kind of like a—I don't want to say theatre in the round because it's not full round, is it? It's, no, it's like almost a, like semicircle. Yeah, it's like in a quarter like a diamond shape. Mm. It's such an unusual space, but it's like it's really nice because it's a space where um, you just all feel like at one in the space because it's quite intimate. So it's really nice. Yeah. Um, but there's no curtains there. it's like no you curtains. know you, you go in and you can see you can see everything in front of you everything's yeah it's great it's like it slopes down it's uh, uh, rigged seating so you can see right down onto the stage but does that give you both some challenges when it comes to how you <laughs> set it because there's literally one way in on and off for the actors unless they kind of walk through the audience isn't there mine walk through the audience a lot right yes. uh, and there's one little side exit which one actor can stand in if they're very still and mine have to do that a lot um <laughs> we have a screen on stage if people can go behind um but even stuff like measuring we had to make sure all our sets would fit through the door yes. to get onto the set. 
Because it's a double bill. Um, You've in, got to get one yeah. set off and then another set on, I presume. In the interval. So it's not long to change around. So we had to measure the doors. We had to like measure the space to make sure that we could do a quick change around. So and I presume you had to work with the other people doing the other show Absolutely. to make sure that you could get things in. Yeah. Do you share any of the same things across them? Or We do. So do. <laughs> we had um, our flooring needed to... We had to both use the same flooring, so we didn't waste too much time laying down new flooring. Right. Um, so we, yeah, it was, it was a really good problem-solving activity, working out how we're going to make it look like a beach and make it look like what they needed as well for the the first place. So, yeah, it was good, and we got uh, we come to a really good conclusion. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for everyone to see it. Well, it starts next Thursday, the 25th of May. Uh, first show, 6 o'clock. Second one's 8 o'clock. Um, and it's going all the way through to, gosh, 17th of June? Yes. Yes. So, um, so tickets... How, how do we find out more? Well, if you go to the Wardrobe Theatre website, you can purchase tickets for all the shows there. There's also a deal for because it's double bill shows for each week. Um, you can either buy one show ticket for £10 or two shows for £15. So what a bargain. Cool. And, and r- there's roughly pizza about, deals There's as well. pizza deals. <laughs> and they're roughly just over an hour long each, you were saying. Yes, so, you, so you do it, if you go see both, it's not like you're in and oh, one no. straight until you get time to eat your pizza and the like in Yeah, between. it works out about the same same length of time as a, a show altogether, as a two double double act show. <laughs> cool. Well, listen, it's lovely hearing about it as well. And um, if you go see it, I hope some of the things we've been talking about will, will really resonate and, and, and the like. I think it's a fantastic theatre so, oh, so um, it'd be really cool to see it but um, to the pair of you best of luck with it oh thank and you we so don't, much don't say that do we it's break a leg break a leg, <laughs> break a leg. you're trying to curse us <laughs> although once it's open our job is done and that's the scary <laughs> bit <laughs> you can just sit there and hope everything goes to plan yeah. so well listen uh, seriously best of luck with it um, and um, uh, yeah we'll have to see if we can come down and see it it'd be good wouldn't it I mean, do a shout out night out or something oh definitely so, come on down so, anyway for now uh, stay with this you're listening to shout out back in a minute the shout out podcast for more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. See, so, yeah, so, uh, I've just got a bit old school today. You know, that was uh, the lovely Nikki French, who we've, we've actually met and interviewed, and um, totally clipped to the heart. I was so, sat in a caravan with her when it was peeing down once at Western Superman <laughs> Pride. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think it wasn't originally her song, but she was the one that made it really, really famous. Mm. Um, but she did like about six or eight versions of it. She did it for all the different markets. So the American version of it is very different to the version we had over here, oh, really? for example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bonnie Tyler, wasn't it? Originally, no, originally yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. She had quite a gravelly voice. Um, talking of gravelly voices, this has nothing to do with that whatsoever, but Penguin Books are also going into Florida suing um, some of the schools uh, about them banning some of their books. So they're quite angry that their books It's not the schools, pulled. is it? It's the state legislature, which is... Yeah, no, this very is, extreme right-wingers. Yeah, they're actually going for the schools. Right, so that's the way in which they'll bring pressure to bear. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, because it mentions gay characters and all that, and of course yeah. there is the other thing that that teacher got the sack for for showing a Disney um, yes. cartoon. Jenna Barbie, her name is. Yeah, um, and it had a gay character in it. Yeah. Disney cartoon, come on, people, get a grip of it. Yeah, she was accused of indoctrination after showing the movie Strange World. Yeah, right. Which is, well, I don't get it. Whereas, of course, right wing conservatives never indoctrinate, or their you know, <laughs> religious fundamentalists never indoctrinate. Of course they no. don't. Which is why they're always, you yeah. Know, Have you seen the, the, the Nazi 
um, uh, was on. Um, Suella Braverman was there, Indeed. which is very funny, isn't it? The National Conservative Party, well, not party, but organisation, mm. having a get-together, who were pro- uh, probably white supremacists, very, very Nazified, hence people well, using Nazi. Right. Yeah, yeah, I do feel sorry, actually, for sort of like mainstream conservatives, mm. you know, old-fashioned One Nation <laughs> Tories, who are being pushed out and eclipsed by these people... Who are not even conservatives; they're extreme right wingers, and they're there's fascists. a big difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, um, who think Hitler was um, was uh, seen in, in, some in, cases, in a poor light? <laughs> so, did you say earlier in the news? I, I wasn't fully paying attention because I, I was busy trying to get the next piece ready. Did you say Sam Smith was thinking of cancelling his thing? Well, Sam has, Smith has cancelled his say, uh, yeah. appearance in in Israel. You know, mm. which is obviously very controversial, and there's an ongoing debate about that, mm. which sometimes sort of like well, Israel's just gone it. far right as well indeed they've got yeah. fundamentalist right in, wingers in their government yeah, yeah yeah backing up the Likud party which yeah, is very not going to go groups. down well for peace in the Middle East probably not probably not so, so, no, so, in a dangerous time sadly as well it's, it's been announced that um, um, I mean they've been working trying to get a HIV vaccine now for what how many how many has it been 40 years yeah um, and uh, there was one that was looking really really good it's just turned out unfortunately that, that it hasn't been effective oh, that's a shame. Um, and they're saying you know it, it's thrown us back it'll be at least another decade before before we get something and because there was a lot of people hoping that something coming would come out of COVID but reading the article it says you know it's a lot more complex virus um, yes, and it was yes. quite easy to tell the efficacy of the COVID ones because everybody was getting COVID so you could test it quite quickly whereas with HIV um, you, you can't do that it takes a lot longer to do these things so nevertheless treatments do work they do and, and you prep. should get yourself te- tested get yourself on prep yeah. if you're negative um, yeah very worth doing um, and of course don't forget if you if you are worried and you think oh uh, I'm worried and think you might have an infection or something get to A&E because you can also get on PEP can indeed, um, yeah. um, so. Well, that woke me up. Yeah, sorry, I had to, had to think up too loud. Anyway, that's it for another week. As always, you can catch um, up on this show and many others online. All our shows are available on all good podcast services, as well as on our website, shoutoutradio.lgbt. Plus, if you are interested in LGBT Plus Radio, get in touch. We're looking for more members to join the team. Uh, next week, it's the Recovery Festival. But for myself, from Terry, from Steph, and our lovely two guests, say bye bye, everyone. Bye. Bye bye now. Bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.